Welcome to the JJW Show as we talk about week two of the NFL season. John, what you think? Good football. Man, this week. I, it was good. It was a lot of close games. I mean, for me, I had a great uh, week of picks. I only really missed two, which was uh, Minnesota getting upset and uh, didn't 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 expect Oakland to take the Saints. I was rooting for Oakland, of course, but uh, I didn't expect it to happen. Even even when they're missing Michael Thompson or Thomas, sorry, uh, I thought the uh, the Cowboy game was fantastic too. Even though I'm not a Cowboy fan, but unbelievable. Yeah, it was a lot of good games. Uh, the Falcons. Looks like the choking Falcons again. Uh, there is, I was surprised by the Raiders. Um, two rookies at receiver and that tight end is probably one of the best tight ends in the league. And they uh, they pulled it out at home in that beautiful stadium they have. Um, the Rams undefeated still. They look good against the Eagles. Or are the Eagles really that bad? That's the question I guess we'll find out as the season goes on. Eagles are bad. Yeah, they they didn't look too well. It was two weeks in after losing to the Redskins, and the Redskins got beat up pretty good by the by the Cardinals. Yeah, um, a little bit of both there, really. I think the Rams are pretty good. I think they're back, but uh, I think Philly's just got more problems than he's got ninety nine problems. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about first thing we're gonna talk about. Let's talk about some coaches on the hot seat. Yeah, what you, who yeah. you think's on the hot seat so far this season? I know it's early, but uh, some teams haven't really looked good so far. As I said last week, and Wayne and his idiot self tried to argue with me about, really? Really? That's what you're concerned about? Really? Really? Yes, Dan Quinn is on the hot seat. Was on the hot seat at the end of last year. He's on a hot seat after game one. And he should not have even been allowed to ride the flight back to Atlanta. He should have had no... Why he's still a head coach, I have no idea. There's... It's just so embarrassing. Tom Brady took that team's soul, and they need complete coaching cleansing uh, in order to maybe get it back. Uh, Matt Ryan looked great. Um, the stats in, in, in that game, it was great. As it was said, it was 440 games have been played where a team scored 39 points and had zero turnovers and 440 times that team has won until Atlanta. I mean, they are breaking all the wrong records. It's You call a timeout before they kick that onside kick, what did you talk about? Were you talking about what you're going to do after the game or something? Nobody thought to mention, hey, if he, if he kicks a little dribbler, we don't have to let it roll to the yards, guys. Get the ball. Jump on the ball. I have no idea. It's as if Watching that play, they thought it was going to go out, and they just kind of waited for it. It was stupid. A play to win the game. Get on the ball. What's the problem? Uh, number two, the Vikings head coach. Vikings um, or offensive coordinator. I don't know what's going on there with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins didn't look too bad last year. Uh, I know he's had his ups and downs, but what a fall for the Minnesota Vikings to have what Casey Keenum if that was you know a couple of years ago and make that that run I thought which was going to catapult them into being one of the elite NFC teams for sure uh, with Kirk Cousins coming back uh, it hasn't happened so they, they got a great running back I mean they got some pieces they they should not be zero and two it's just a shot and of course the Lions the Lions I mean. They got they got a great uh, great coach allegedly because uh, he came from your boy Bill Belichick, um, which autom- automatically makes him a four star general before he's ever won his first fucking game apparently, and um, but and you got Stafford who's very talented and very well paid. He's a rich man, but he can't win any games. So somebody's got to get fired up there. What do you got, Josh? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much going to piggyback a little bit of what you had. I think uh, the Falcons have long overdue letting Dan Quinn go. I know he got them to the Super Bowl, and they laid a, they just one of the biggest collapses in NFL history, I'd probably say. And they haven't been the same since. Um, and after that game, being up 20-0 in the first half, there's no way you should lose that game. It's really unacceptable, and I'm really surprised he wasn't already fired. I'm sure if they um, – 
don't win this next game against the Bears, it's probably going to be doomsday for him very soon, I'd imagine. I don't, I don't see him finishing the year because they have talent there. Uh, he's a defensive coach, a lot of talent mm-hmm. offense, and I just he just hasn't been good. Ever since that Super Bowl loss, things have been bad. Uh, Mike Zimmer, uh, he's had talent, uh, kind of like the Falcons have from top to bottom, and they just haven't got over the hump. They made a good playoff run once or twice, but you think with the much money they play Kirk Cousins that they would be expecting more with the talent they have around them. They just have not got it. Third for me is Bill Bryan, which is a old Bill Belichick coach. Uh, he's he's the kind Who's of acting. Yeah, he, he's the kind of the acting GM there, and you let you let the best receiver, well, or top three receiver in the game walk. You don't get a lot in return. And the team just don't look good this year. I know they play the Chiefs and the Ravens, probably the best two teams in the AFC, but they haven't – it didn't seem like neither game was really competitive. Um, certainly after the first half, it's like adjustments. The, the Ravens and the Chiefs just pulled away. So I, I just think he's going to be on the hot seat with the, some of the moves he's made to make the team not as good as it was before. Yeah. Uh, so next we'll talk about um, – Top performers this week. Who you got? Who you think? Uh, who stood out this week for you? Uh, top performer. It pains me to say it because I'm a football fan, pure and pure. I love games. Uh, I love different teams. I love watching the talent. I was love watching the different plays. But there's one thing that remains true for me. I hate the Cowboys. Every Sunday is about anybody but the Cowboys. That's what I care about. And I just got to give it up for Dak Prescott, um, even though the Falcons totally choked and they choked before and their thing for them to go down 0-2 to start the season as the Vikings have and as a few other teams have. And I think we talked about it. you got a 22% chance of making the playoffs uh, based off of history uh, when you go 0-2 to start the year. That, you know, to – their back was almost against the wall. The only great thing is they're in a horrible division, so they they can they can slip up a little bit this year. But to yards, he accounted for four of the touchdowns. Uh, he ran one three in and threw for one. And for them to stay in that game and and just keep his you know that's what a leader does. A leader has to keep everybody razor focused, even when you're way behind, even when it looks out of reach. I mean, he fumbled in the first quarter. Uh, Elliott fumbled in the first quarter. Uh, I think the tight end got smashed on another one in the first quarter. They had three fumbles in the first quarter. So it just, the wheels just came off in the very beginning and uh, fighting and kept fighting. And, and they, that defense really did a good job holding Atlanta to three field goals, I think. And if any one of those were, would have been a touchdown, it's, it's probably out of reach for them, but, uh, the fight in them was good. I think that comes from the leadership of the uh, the quarterback. So, 450 yards. Are you kidding me? That's a lot of yards, Josh. Yeah. For me, uh, I'm looking at Josh Allen um, for the Bills. Like, we – last couple of years in the league, he, he hasn't thrown the ball a lot. We threw for 415 yards and four touchdowns against the Dolphins. And I think uh, – I think with Stephon Diggs there – I think that should be a difference maker for them to have a playmaker on offense to get open. I mean, Diggs had eight catches for 153 yards. So, Josh Allen, let's see if he continues this role. They could uh, dethrone the, the Patriots in the in the AFC in that division uh, this year if Josh Allen keeps playing well. I certainly hope so. Let me ask you one thing, though, on that Diggs point. Okay, Diggs won it out of the Vikings, right? And he goes – to the Bills. Can you explain that to me, Josh? Like, what what, what drew him to the Bills? I, I don't know. You know, the Bills have been uh, – with, with their new coach that left, you know, come from Carolina, I, they turned things around. They were playing really good on defense, and they were lackluster in offense. So, they're just looking for some weapons. And I think being in, in Minnesota, he wasn't really the number one guy. Um, I thought Adam he was. was. Well, no, Adam Thino was the number one guy. He was he he, he was kind of like this, you know, you got one A, um, and one B. 
So I think he wanted to be the, you know, the go-to guy to give me the ball, give me the ball. So going to the Bills, they really don't have a big-time playmaker and all on offense. And now he's the guy. He's the guy expected every week to make all the plays because uh, he's the number one guy and getting paid like a number one guy. So I think it was a good spot for him to go to a team that's working on being successful. Uh, their GM is laying out a really good blueprint. You know, they have a lot of talent on that team right now, and they have a lot of cap space. So they've, they've done a lot of good things through the draft. Uh, we've got people on bargain prices here and there that help the team. So they are an organization that is on the up and up, I believe. Um, you know, with Tom Brady uh, leaving the Patriots, which had dominated that division, you know, Bill Belichick, how many more years is he going to be coaching? Maybe another – Five tops. He's in the late sixties, I believe. So the Bills could turn over and take over that division to being a team that wins year in and year out. For for sure. But are you saying he has some wide receiver deep? Uh, I think so. I mean, I, you think you as a receiver, you want to be a, the team guy, um, as long as your football team is winning. But you know, the Vikings weren't. You know, they were. They made that playoff run that year. They beat the the Saints. Um, but they haven't. They weren't really successful after that. They had a mediocre year last year. It wasn't. It was okay. It wasn't fantastic. Um, so maybe he just wanted a fresh start and wanted to be the guy. But you know, a little deeper than that is, you think he would want to be a team player. Okay. All right. Next for me is uh, let's talk about who didn't play good this week. Who who's, who who performed badly. Well, it was – Kirk Cousins takes the cake on this. He threw for 100-and-some-odd yards, three or four touchdowns. Uh, the talent all over that team, I, I've kind of already hit it on that. But a uh, high-paid guy, for me uh, – for me, it hurts even worse the more you get paid. If a rookie goes out and plays like that, you're like, hey, you had a tough game. It's a learning process. But when you're a veteran quarterback and you're getting paid – what, what did he get? $84 million guaranteed you lay an egg like that against a, a yeah. team? That's, that's, that's horrible. For sure. He should, if you get paid that kind of money, you need to perform. Yeah. So who For you me, got? I have two. I have two this week. My first one is the team doctor for the – Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> That's my first worst performer of the week. How can you give it a steroid injection and puncture your starting quarterback's lung? Is beyond me. Well, I was I was listening about this. Hang on, hang on. I was listening about this uh, earlier today, actually. And apparently, in that procedure, there is a one percent chance that could happen. And sure enough, that guy did it. It was a uh, it was a pain killing injection to the rib, and I guess you know always there's a chance for this, a chance for that. It's like any medicine you take; they tell you all the the positive benefits at the top, and in the fine print down at the bottom, it tells you what possibly could go wrong. And uh, one of those happened. Yeah, he he's not going to start this week either. I I heard so it's going to no. week with a punctured lung because of a doctor's error. You know, and Herbert came in there. He, they literally – he didn't know he was going to be the star until like five minutes before the game started and played a pretty good game against the defending Super Bowl champs. So, kudos to him. Yeah. My other um, – the bad performer of the week is Carson Wentz. Man, he – I don't know. Is, is he going to be there much longer? You know, they, they drafted a quarterback in the third or fourth round, um, Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma. Um, is Wentz going to be on the hot seat soon for his job? Right, that's a good question to, to find out. I mean, he was 26 of 43 for 242 yards and two interceptions. Um, and he was not, he was not sacked, which was surprising because the Redskins sacked him uh, eight times the week before. So the offensive line looked like it held up, but he didn't perform very well at all. I get the Rams team that we weren't sure if they were back from their Super Bowl season. Um, but they look pretty good on defense, uh, shutting them, shutting that offense down for the most part. Yeah. The Rams to me, um, are, 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 are definitely good. They're definitely solid team again this year after they've cleansed themselves from the, uh, Todd Gurley situation. Um, and they're going to win the games they're supposed to win. And that's all you really got to do. And if you can get hot in the playoffs, the Rams can make a whole lot of noise. Uh, but I, I, 
it, it, yeah, I, I like the Rams this year for sure. Yeah, I, I just I think they're going to have a good season, uh, but I don't like the Eagles are going to have a good season at all. It's like they're on the on the on the way to a losing season unless they can turn things around. Well, well, we gotta also say, you know, is the coach going to be on the hot seat there? I mean, if you're decimated on the offensive line, I, I've always wondered because being a Carolina Panther fan, we've never had a good offensive line. 2015 was probably our best year. We did good all year offensive line. Then we got in the Super Bowl, and we had no idea that the guy Von Miller apparently was on the other team. We made no plans, no adjustments to what we were going to do. We thought we were just going to steamroll through, and it bit us in the ass. Um, but for years, we, you know, we left tackle problems, right tackle problems. And I always questioned, I was like, why are we doing, you know, a 10-step drop on second and third down when our offensive line is, is crushed? Why are we not doing that quick passing game like the Patriots run or like the Saints all out fast? And, you know, that's just armchair coaching for me. It, it, it sounds simple. And it sounds to me like if you know you have these issues in Philadelphia, you got to be able to make some adjustments to the play calling and help your quarterback out a little bit. A good running game will certainly help too. But if you got to stand back there and pass over and over again when you're playing from behind and you have a decimated offensive line, which I've cert- we've certainly experienced, we almost always had a decent running game though. Um, but it's 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 actually gonna it's gonna kill your quarterback when you're when you're throwing under constant pressure. Uh, yeah, Carson Wentz doesn't have a whole lot of chances. Yeah, I mean, you look back to that offensive line we had for the Panthers and Cam, and I watched a little bit of that Seahawks game Sunday night. He had time just to drop back and stand in the pocket and uh, and do his reads and make his throws. And, um, he all, he always had that in Carolina. He, you know, sometimes he would take a three-step drop and there's a, a guy in his face already. Yeah. A whole different so let's talk about um, Let's talk about who, who's your top five teams looking from week, after week two. Top five teams. I got to continue to go with Kansas City until they prove me wrong. Again, I love their rookie running back that they've added this year. Um, the offensive line didn't look as good in this game because the Chargers look like world beaters. You got Bosa coming around the edge, which just harassed Holmes the whole game. So uh, I don't know if that was just the Chargers' defensive line is that great, or maybe Kansas City's offensive line looked better than what it really is in their first game. But Kansas City, for me, uh, it's still got to be number one. Uh, the wide receivers they got, the tight end they got, the running back they got, and, of course, the quarterback they got. All they got to do is just survive on defense, and you ought to be good. Ravens got to be number two. Uh, again, a lot of that based on last year's stuff. I've yet to really watch the games completely, but I do believe Jackson has, from year one to year two, what I saw, uh, he made some definite advancements in his – his throwing and his uh, confidence throwing the ball, I think. Um, so uh, they, they're possibly just going to continue to get better as the year goes on. The Rams, which are number three for me, which I think are back, uh, based on what I've seen, uh, you know, you got the best defensive player in the league in the defensive tackle in uh, Aaron Donald, and he can absolutely wreck another team's offense. The running game is just fine now that Gurley is gone. Uh, probably better than it was Gurley's last year there where they were trying to figure out what they're going to do. Um, quarterbacks looking good. Wide receivers looking good. So Rams are looking looking like they're going to make some noise uh, this year. I got to pick Packers number four. I'm not a big Packers guy. Um, uh, for me, Aaron Rodgers is somewhat of a prima donna. Uh, they won the Super Bowl in like 2009, and you know, ever since then he's been crowned the king of quarterbacks. And tell me how many Super Bowls he's been to since then. Tell me how many deep runs in the playoffs he's made. Um, only one, really. Um, so for that, 11 years for the king of quarterbacks to uh, underperform, I, I don't put a lot of stock in what the Packers got going on. For me, number five is uh, I kind of got Steelers and I kind of got Saints. 
Uh, Steelers, I haven't watched a whole lot. I just I know they're a quality organization, and you got Ben back there, uh, solid defense. Uh, they're going to win some games. Saints, I still put them up there. Uh, Michael Thomas wasn't there for that game. And I know there's a lot of questions about Drew Brees is not throwing deep balls. And I've seen that for a couple of years now. But I think you can still win a lot of games with that passing game. The, uh, the Patriots have, have proven that with Tom Brady's short passing game. Uh, but Cook, uh, you know, even even uh, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, he had like one reception all game. So I don't know what's going on there, but I'm hoping they can get it together. So for me right now, they're still ranked number five. Okay. That's a good list. Um, I have, of course, the Chiefs number one. They, they're going to be there until somebody knocks them off, which it could be this week against the Ravens, which should be a good Monday night matchup. Uh, I just think they have too much firepower. And the defense hold – they're always bend but don't break. And that's what you need when you have a stellar offense. Uh, number two, I have the Ravens. The best regular season team there is. That's right, regular season champ. Yeah, they have to prove it in the playoffs, though. But we'll we'll, we'll see as time goes on. Um, I have the Packers number three, and I'll tell you why. So last year they made it to the NFC Championship game, and they could not handle the 49ers. They couldn't stop their run for nothing. Well, you look at the 49ers this year, and they have a lot of injuries. Um you know, injury to start running back. The quarterback made that play this week. They lost uh, Boa, Boza uh, for the year. So they have a lot of injuries on the team. They may not they may not make it as far as here. So if the Green Bay doesn't have to challenge the 49ers, they could be a team to make it to the Super Bowl in that weak division that they have. I think, that, you know, the Bears, Lions, and the Vikings all don't look good. Uh, so that should be easy wins for the Packers. Um, to make so then get some whole field advantage, they can make a deep run to the playoffs. Uh, number four, I have the Buffalo Bills. So I have I have the Bills here because I, I go back to last year, and I think the the Ravens kicked a field goal at the end of the game to win that ball game. They were in that game the entire time, um, because they they play stellar defense. And the quarterback didn't have a weapon. Now he's got a good weapon. He's got uh, Stephon Diggs. So I think that team is much improved. And I think they're going to shock some people. I actually think they're probably going to win that division. If not, if they're going to make the playoffs regardless. Um, number five for me, um, I'm going to say – I'm going to say the Seattle Seahawks are my number five team right now. They They've looked stellar. Uh, after two games, they played a, a tremendous, really good football game Monday night or Sunday night against the uh, the Patriots. A back and forth game where uh, Russell Wilson just dime after dime, just on the money throws. You know, he he's just a magician back there, um, and he can make any team better just by himself. Yeah. I, so, I, yeah. I get it. Yeah, you know, I didn't even even realize the Packers made it to the NFC Championship last year. That's just how little respect I have for them. Yeah, and you know what? The new coach come in, and and when uh, McCarthy was there, it was you know, Aaron Rodgers throw, 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 throw. You know, they, they throw first and then run. Well, new coach there, he has a mentality of running the football. You know, Aaron Jones had you know he averaged nine point three yards a carry. He had like. 18 carries in the game Sunday. So their their mindset is run the football, play defense, and let Aaron Rodgers help you where he can. Uh, I think he's still um, a talented quarterback. Sometimes I feel like his, his, his head don't look like he's in the, in the game always. But if they can have him more as a game manager and, and make play action throws and do what Aaron Rodgers has done, I mean, they can make it to the Super Bowl. Now, can they beat the Ravens or the Chiefs? That's another question, but uh, with the 49ers having a lot of injuries, they could be the team to beat in the NFC this year. Interesting. Yeah. I'd have to agree. Now we'll talk uh, – let's talk about a little bit about the Panthers game, as me and you are big-time Panther fans. Uh, what were your thoughts on the game uh, from Sunday? Well, it went as I, I expected, but uh, I think it was 21 nothing at halftime. And just defensively, uh, we, we, we couldn't do anything. 
um, to stop Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady had about 197 passing yards in the first half. The second half was a whole different story for uh, the Bucks. They had a lot of big drops, and of course we clawed it back. Um, but there's a ton of questionable play calling uh, for me when there was a third down and three for us. And I, and I think Christian McCaffrey hurt his ankle earlier in the game, but he, he, kept, he came back in and was playing. But on this third down and three, this is what I heard later. I heard later that the play was called and the offensive coordinator did not know Christian McCaffrey was out at that for that specific play. But it was a it was a run play off tackle to the left. And when I seen Davis had the ball, I was like, Davis, what is he doing on a third down and three? I mean, for me, it was a crucial play. We were about at midfield. Uh, we could have went down there. I can't remember the score. I think it was 21 to nothing still, but we had a chance of getting a score uh, before the half. Uh, so it's third down and three about midfield. And, of course, he doesn't get it. He goes nowhere, totally walled up. And I, I saw the coach say something uh, when the punt team got out there. I said, they're, they're about to fake this, aren't they? And sure enough, they faked it to uh, – it was a direct snap to that chin guy who plays safety for us. And he went nowhere. I mean, it was three yards. He went right up the middle and just hit a wall. I just kind of felt like they knew it was coming. I kind of felt I knew it was coming. And um, it was just – or maybe it was maybe it was 14 to nothing. And, and, yeah, and then after that play, they went down and made it 21 to nothing at halftime. Uh, several other uh, play calls throughout the game I just thought were uh, amateurish. We got a college coach there, and um, we just couldn't get anything going. And it was it was it was brutal to watch personally, to know from the get go. You know, from like ten minutes in the game, you're like, oh, we're screwed. We're we're totally fucked here. Um, and nothing. It's like the cardiac cats. You know, there's there's moments in the game where you think, hey, hey, maybe 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 we're about to make a comeback. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, we got no defense. There's no way we're gonna hold them uh, and stop stop them, make several stops so that our offense can really make a run. We're not a good team that's gonna play from behind because our strength is Christian McCaffrey. And I, and I haven't really seen the plays we were doing previously where. Christian was uh, heavily involved in the past game. And uh, I, I don't know. Of course, Anderson has a great game again. He's our, he's our big, you know, big bright point this, this year so far, and which leads to, you know, a discussion I, I brought up before about possibility of trading Curtis Samuel to try to get some value for him, seeing how Anderson has taken over. But, I, I don't know. I, I saw what I expected, I guess, but I always hope to see something better. It just didn't look good. So I, I watched, I rewatched the game, and uh, the first thing I'm going to say is probably a poor coaching decision. On that uh, fourth down, as uh, I see the head coach turn around and pull his mask, he has a face shield on, pulls it up, and is yep. screaming. Yep. Screaming, just like pretty much like a full day giveaway. Like, why are you doing that on a fourth down, on a on a punt, uh, punt that you're about to have? Right. So as soon as I right. saw that, I know I knew that you know they were going to fake it. It was just a dead yep. giveaway, and I think I think the Bucks caught onto that. You you can't do that at this profession and get away with it. Uh, yep. and I think it was just a dead giveaway. But for the game, you know, I watched. You know, one thing a positive that we have a young team and, and probably a team that's not going to win but a couple games was they don't give up. I mean, you're down 21-0 to a Bucks team that's expected to go into the playoffs and could go deep into the playoffs. You're at 21-0, and you came back and made it a game. You, you made the Bucks fight for it, so it was uh, positive. There is disappointing how, you know, first drive we drove down um, and just had the lousy pass. Uh, for the interception, and then we really didn't move the ball much more after that until the second half. Uh, Bridgewater had three turnovers. He had a fumble and two interceptions. So if he gets the turnovers cleaned up, we could have won that ball game. Uh, the Bucks had 17 points off turnovers, and, you know, we could have uh, really could have won that ball game and wouldn't turn the ball over. Uh, like you said, Anderson, 
played phenomenal. Uh, DJ Moore, you know, he had eight catches for 120 yards, and Rob okay. Anderson had nine catches for 109 yards. So we had two receivers uh, over 100 yards for the first time since I think uh, it's in 2005. I think mm-hmm. it was. Uh, so <clears throat> you know, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater had 367 yards passing. He's like fourth in the league in passing so far this year. So. I feel like they're moving the ball pretty well. They just make mistakes turning the ball over. And, of course, our defense, you know, it was gut-wrenching there at the end where we had uh, – we got a field goal, made a seven-point game, and we kick an onside kick. We don't get it. And then the first play right up the gut for a touchdown, uh, 46 okay. yards by, uh, by Fournette. It was just like punch you right in the gut. It's like, you, okay, let's, let's get a stop here. Maybe we get the ball back a little bit of time. We better move the ball good in the second half. And then we just – Took one right to the gut, so it was it was heartbreaking there. Um, I, I just don't see us, um, you know, winning me a ball game this year. I think we'll be in a lot of ball games. I just see us being on the short end of the ball games. Um, you know, this game shows we lost by two scores. I mean, we're, we're only down one score there toward the end. In the Raiders game, we were up there um, with not much time left, and ended up losing that game. So um, I, I think we're in ball games, which is good. At least we're not getting blown out like the Jets or the Vikings. So at least we're close, close in ball games, but we just need some more to get over the hump. So um, as everybody talks about, this is the rebuilding year. Uh, they're talking about tanking. I don't necessarily think we're going to tank, but I don't expect us to do, you know, make the playoffs. So hopefully we can go out and win, you know, four or five ball games, you know, do good through the draft to keep building the, the roster and continue to get better. So what do you think about the Curtis Samuel thing? I think it's a good idea. I, I think we we have to know that we're not going out to win the Super Bowl this year. So if, if you know that, if you're a team that puts yourself in that position, I think you need to look at your team overall and look at players you have that you don't know will be there long term. Uh, Samuel was probably one of those. Uh, you, you would imagine they're going to re-sign DJ Moore because he, he really came on last year. First two games this year, he's looked pretty good. Um, he, he's he's a different version of Steve Smith to me. He he can get open. A uh, little receiver that can always get open, it seems like, here last year and then the first couple games this year. Now, he don't have probably the mentality and mindset and demeanor of Steve Smith, but he has some of the same characteristics of how he runs his routes and how he can get open and things like how that. So I think – How he fights for the ball. That's that's what the similarity – I mean, he, he's yeah. he's going to catch the ball at its highest peak, which is what you're supposed to. He's going to fight for the ball when it's in the air, which is great for a quarterback to know that sometimes you just got to put it in the area and trust in your receiver. And I think Anderson, we signed him to a two-year deal, so – I mean, based on if he continues performing like this, we're going to have to, like, extend him next year. We're going to have to go ahead and just get him off the market and, and, and get him a contract and say that's our one and two, and we're going to run with the running game. And Curtis Samuel, you know, if Tennessee can give us a value for him, give us a third, your fourth-round pick, and, and, and Tennessee can get a little slot receiver or something that could really help them uh, possibly make a run, I think if there's some value out there for him, because I'm pretty sure next year or so he'll be he'll be he'll be due a uh, another contract, and you, you got to ask yourself what you're where you're going to pay a, a a number three receiver, you know? Yeah, yeah, he, I, I definitely think you know when you're building your team, you start your foundation with players. You know, okay, we can have these players here in three or four years when we make our Super Bowl run. And yeah. I don't think he's going to be one that's going to be there. So you might well go ahead and get you a draft pick for somebody that you'll have four or five years from now that you think can help your ball club when you're going to the draft. Because, you know, a lot of teams, you know, you look at the Patriots, they, you know, they had their foundation players. They had Tom Brady. Um, they had players on defense. But for the most part, all the players they got through the draft. And that's mm-hmm. how they maintained for so long. And, and, of course, Tom Brady being uh, a team player taking discounts, too, for so long. But a lot of those players they had that made plays and did things, were they got through the draft. It wasn't players that they went out and signed a big contract to, besides maybe Randy Moss, which I don't even think he really got a big contract. But that's the key. You get you some foundation players, and the rest of them you get through the draft. And that's kind of what the 49ers did. They really didn't sign anybody. Most of those players, they got through the draft. They got themselves in the spot to get to the Super Bowl. You know, same things with the Chiefs. They didn't go out and make any huge splashes and sign players. 
Uh, it's all about yeah, it's it's all about drafting and setting yourself up. So if you see Curtis Samuel, somebody that's not going to be here long term, and he has some value now, let's go ahead and get rid of him. We're no, we're not going to the Super Bowl or maybe even make the playoffs. Get your value next year. Get you a third or fourth round pick, and then and pick you a future player. Look, we took Jeremy Chen in the third round, and he's starting right away making plays. So you know you can get to those those players that can be successful to help you make Super Bowl runs. Right. So our friend Wayne's not here with us this week due to technical difficulties, but we'll talk about the Ravens a little bit. Uh, the Ravens look like the Ravens to me. Um, the true test this week is playing the Chiefs on Monday night, which should be a fantastic ball game. I think um, I just think it's going to be a back-and-forth game. I think it's really probably going to who has the ball last, honestly. Um, both teams have – Really good offenses. They play completely different ways. Um, you know, I think the the Ravens are more of a run the football, run the football, short passes, short passes. And the Chiefs are just, you know, drop back and pass. And then they run the football as well pretty well from the last game. Um, but they, they just look good against the Texans, which maybe I don't think the Texans are that good. I don't think they're a playoff team. Uh, at all. What's your thoughts? Yeah, it's going to be it's it's one of the uh, marquee matchups for early in the season. It is a regular season game, so it only matters so much. I think I think we both know we're going to see them in the playoffs. Both those teams are going to make the playoffs, and that's when uh, the money is really on the line. Uh, I'm interested to see it, though. You know, it's it's you know, yeah, we got a lot of good games this year or uh, this week. You know, I got. Raiders and Patriots as one of my big ones. Let me, let me run this down. Here's the, the Raiders' schedule for the next three or four games. They, they just had to play the Saints, which, you know, for the past three years, they could have been in running for the Super Bowl, and they won that game. This week they go, go to the Patriots and have to play the Patriots, which we always know is a quality football team. Then they got to go play the Bills, go to Las Vegas and play the Raiders. And then after that, they gotta they gotta go play the Chiefs. I mean, that's a hell of a run they're gonna have to go through and for the next three games. And if they can win two out of three of those games, the Raiders are gonna be in good shape. Uh, I don't expect them to beat the Chiefs. I think they could pull something out with the Raiders or the Patriots uh, if the ball, you know, uh, you know, all it takes is a couple of turnovers that can change a game. Um, I, I like the Rams and the Bills game this week. I think that's an interesting, uh, interesting game there. I'll be watching uh, the Cowboys and the Seahawks. You know, can, can Dak Prescott continue to ride this wave? Will Will last week's game give them confidence? And can they drop the drop stop the absolute dimes Russell Wilson drops? The man throws a deep ball like nothing I've ever seen. Just absolute huge art, completely unguardable for any quarterback and. You know, whether he's under pressure or rolling out of the pocket, he's a magician. Um, and the Packers and the Saints. And there's a possibility that Michael Thomas is going to gonna play in that game. And we get to see, you know, what's going on with Drew Brees. Uh, this, is, this is a huge game. Maybe you overlooked Oakland and you got slapped in the mouth. They're definitely going to be pumped and ready and give it all they got for this Packers game. And they have to. Because if they don't if they don't start winning, Tampa Bay could easily creep back up there. And the next thing you know, you got Tampa Bay winning the division when this should be the Saints division based on the talent on the roster, in my opinion. What do you got that everybody – oh, how about that Thursday night game, the, the Dolphins and the Jags, right? Who's going to watch that? I'm going to watch yeah. it anyway. I'm going to watch the, it because it's football. The, the mustache against the beard. That's what we're calling it. Right, right, right. I want to know how long it's going to be before the Dolphins unleash their rookie. I mean, what else do you need to see from Fitzgerald? I, I mean, he, he's shown the same. He's the same Fitzgerald he's been for like four years. He'll give you one or two great, phenomenal games. The rest of the games, he's going to throw about four picks, and you're never going to win that way. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'm anxious to see if Jacksonville really just stomps a mud hole in him and um, people really start talking about Jacksonville a little more. Yeah, because, I mean, the Jacksonville almost beat the Titans. And, you know, we don't know how good the Titans are yet. But, I mean, team that went to the, the AFC Championship game last year, you would think um, 
a little better, but they it was thirty three thirty. I mean, the Jags hung in the game. I think that's all Minshew playing big. Um, yeah, he's another uh, oh, magician. Oh, for sure. And I, and I would think if they don't win many games, I don't see them drafting the quarterback. I, I think he can be the guy of the future. They just need some pieces around. I mean, the offense, they're scoring points. Uh, I think, you know, they just got to get a build through the draft. And I think they have their quarterback of the future. Yeah. If they had the defense they had from three years ago, they'd be a serious threat right now. Oh, for sure. Uh, for me, there's a lot of good matchups this week. Um Man, this is get you all jumpy. I mean, you got the you got the Rams and the Bills, which is a good matchup. Two teams that I think can be in the playoffs. Um, you have the Raiders and the Patriots. Are the Raiders for real? That's that's the question I got. I mean, they look good against last week. You get the Saints uh, playing at home in a new stadium, but this is this week they play in Foxborough. So if they can go to New England and win, then I'm looking the Raiders being a, a, positive, a serious playoff team. Because uh, as the year goes on, their two rookie receivers are only going to get better. Uh, they can stay healthy. They have a good running back in Jacobs, and they can make a deep run to the playoffs. Their defense has played really well with a couple of uh, free agent signings they had on that, that side of the, the ball. They've played well. Um, another matchup for me is, of course, the Cowboys-Seahawks. I feel like it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be like a 35-31 type game. Um, Seahawks defense has them look tremendous. Uh, but nobody's going to stop Russell Wilson. He's been phenomenal. Um, Cowboys, they didn't um, – they haven't looked good uh, for me. I mean, they, they came back against the Falcons, but, you know, Falcons, the way they're looking, they're not going to win many ball games this year unless they really turn <laughs> things around. Uh, Saints, Packers, is this going to be – you know, you, you watch that game Monday night, and it Breeze didn't look good without his safe, safety goat. Um, not having Michael Thomas as just a go-to guy when he needed to, it really showed. Uh, the offense looked down at times uh, and not be able to make plays because they didn't have their star receiver. Uh, so can Breeze get some magic going? Hopefully he gets his receiver back, but is it going to be 100%? I think the key to that game is can the Packers stop the run? Um, and then can they run the football against the Saints? I think that's going to be huge for the Packers, and they can win that ball game, which the game is in New Orleans. And obviously the game of the week, I think, is uh, the Chiefs versus the Ravens. Uh, the game's in Baltimore. Uh, but with no fans in the stands, unless something changes, I feel like it that can give uh, the Chiefs – if I think – if they have fans in the stands, I, I would put the advantage to the Ravens. But that there's no fans, I think the Chiefs will win that game uh, in a close one. But I think it's going to be a shootout. So I think you know, a lot like, of good games this week. You know what? I, speaking of that, I also question whether the Patriots would have been that close to the Seahawks had there been fans in the stand. How much of a factor is that making? You know, the Chiefs' home stadium and the Seahawks' home stadium are two of the loudest in the league. And how much is that hurting their home field advantage? You would you would have to think that uh, it it takes away from the home team. Um, you know, even in your some of your Stadiums that don't get filled up, you still have that crowd noise on third down and stuff like that to create, help create penalties. But, you know, like you said, Seattle is one of the loudest stadiums along with Kansas City in the NFL. And you have to think it probably took away a penalty or two uh, or, uh, you know, a mistake by Cam and just the noise itself because it can, it can happen. So you don't know, but you, you kind of get a feeling that, yeah, I mean, that game probably might have been as close. The Patriots may not have come back if they had that loud crowd noise throughout the game. I do want to throw a little bit more shade. Uh, you know, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback sneaker in the history for one yard or less. Tell me he wouldn't have got him up to the line real quick and got that last touchdown. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say yes because it wasn't at the one. It was probably at the more of the two-yard line. Okay. Oh. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if it was if, if it was at the one yard line, one inch line, he, his little scrawny butt can sneak in there. I tell you, it's freakish. Uh, it, it is. It's crazy how he can easily get one yard. But I mean, that ball was more at the two yard line there because when they when Cam got the ball and they they took his legs out, he pretty much flipped him on top of his head. Um, yeah. But he starts from five yards back. You know, he's got to get three. Yeah. Once Cam gets three steps, he'll he's hard to stop. But if you know, they submarine. I still, 
I still like to them go down there, know what play they're going to go, you know, and just quickly hike it or see if they can get a false start real quick, you know, just kind of keep that defense. We we talk about Cam. um, They ran that play play four times, and they scored three times, and they scored once. You know, I went to the Bucks game last year, and Cam was in the game, and they're at the one-yard line and need a touchdown. And they they put Cam in motion that ride and tried to do a toss to McCaffrey. And when they did that, I knew he was hurt. I knew he was not able to run the football. And pretty much the rest is history. He didn't play another game after that. Yeah. And then now he's in New England. But, you know, when you saw that situation happen, you knew he was hurt. But look, yesterday or um, on Sunday night, the they ran that play four times and scored three times. And luckily the fourth time was the one that, that cost him the ball game. Yeah, like like I said, I said the go-to play, the obvious one here is Cam's going to do his classic catch it from the shotgun, do a little skip step hop, and then power his way through the line. And that's that's going to be their play. I said, but you know this is Belichick. I seen him throw it to the uh, the running back, take it, which was beautiful, wide open. I said, what if he fakes it and throws it to the tight end this time? But we didn't see it, and that defense has to pick what they're going to do. You're either going to cover people. Or are you gonna you gonna smash the line? And they say, well, we're just gonna smash the line. If he throws it over the top, he throws it. And uh, that, yeah, that's I think I- they took a, they took a gamble there because you know they I, I watched the all Cam's touchdowns from the one the three they scored on. They had the same formation, but one time they ran left, one time they ran like right, and it's that same formation. And the third time he threw it to the running back, which was completely wide open because nobody covered him. But they thought Cam was gonna run. Yeah, uh, and then the fourth time, you know, they just took a guess. If they would have slanted to the right, um, or to the left, they they he would have scored easily, untouched. But they all slanted the opposite way, right there towards where the play was going, and they were just they were Seahawk players everywhere. They all slanted the right way and, and just got lucky. I mean, it's one of those things, fifty fifty chance. You slant the mm-hmm. other way, you lose. You slant this way, you win. And they read the right way, and they uh they dumped him on his head at the one yard line in the game. Yep. And that was that. You know, we're talking about the Dolphins. I, I think, you know, last week um, Fitzpatrick played a good game. They kept him in the Bills game. It was close. But it's it's two a time. I mean, just go ahead and get your future quarterback out there. If you feel he's 100% healthy, you know, he had the uh, fractured hip last year. Uh, if you feel he's 100% healthy and he has no rehabilitation left to do, just put him out there. You know, the Bengals are playing Burrow, which is playing phenomenal. Uh, unfortunate for Tyrod Taylor and the Chargers, but Herbert come in. He played phenomenal with a five-minute notice that he's going to be starting against the defending Super Bowl champs and plays pretty well. Yeah. So, I mean, put him in there. Go ahead and start your future. If you feel like you have protection for him, I mean, if you don't feel like you have offensive line protection, don't don't put him in there and drop back and get beat up every game. It's really not worth it. But if you feel like you have a decent enough ball club, on offense to give him some protection. He has a few weapons. Then go ahead and put your future in there and go ahead and get him molded. So next year, you know, he comes in and he has that experience. Don't don't hold him out the whole year. And then next year he's kind of like a rookie. And then you kind of, you know, it takes a, a year of his progression away. Yeah, they say year two, things slow down for him. So you got to get the guy. I mean, if you don't do it now, you got to give him eight games this year. And, and and hope that it slows down earlier if you're going to compete at all. I, I just feel bad for the Dolphin fans to a degree. Uh, you, you see their their old quarterback Tannehill uh, having success over there in 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 the Tennessee Titans and getting a fat contract. And I always liked Tannehill, but the Dolphins team was never really a threat for anything. And now you got this quarterback sitting back there. And for the fans, I know they got to be just chomping at the bit. They want something to cheer for. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it comes down. You, you, you don't want to injure him year one, you know, but I, I don't know a whole lot about his surgery or anything but uh, or how long it takes. But, uh, I, the yeah, you're right. The rookie quarterbacks we've seen and even uh, Kyler Murray, what is he, in year two? And, you know, he's yeah, like um, – So you've seen a lot of good young quarterback play and you got the number one pick or, or you got uh, – what was he, number three pick? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sitting there and you know, you want something 
some excitement. So uh, I'd like to see him soon enough to see what he's got. All right. For uh, so the last thing we'll talk about, let's talk about um, the the best division in football right now. Who do you think has the best division in football? Oh, it's got to be the Chiefs division. Uh, you got Chiefs. Who, who is that? Chiefs, Chargers, Oakland, uh, Raiders, and Broncos. Yeah, Broncos are the only one you just throw away in that division. So you got the number one team over there. The Chargers defense is unbelievable, uh, and you got Oakland that, that might do something. I don't. I don't know. I I, I give them a. I get. I could give them my nod. I could go with some other divisions, but. Uh, I, I'm really interested in that after seeing it, it, you know, Oakland, what Oakland's doing, even though they haven't played other than the Saints, they've only played, you know, they, they played Carolina at home and we played them kind of tight, but they can be building something. And with that Wallen, you know, what they got going offensively, uh, the offensive line is great. If, if they develop a running game and they can, as the year goes on, their defense gets a little better. You never know. And if they beat the Patriots, uh, I promise you, it's going to be front page news. Oh, for sure. You know, the, the, looking at Denver, though, I, I was expecting more out of them, but it's not necessarily their fault. A lot of injuries. You, know, you lose Von Miller. Uh, you lost your starting quarterback in the first quarter against the Steelers and still almost won that ball game. And then you lose your number one receiver as well. So they might be 0 2, but it's a lot of key injuries there that cause them to be 0 2. That division is pretty strong. For you me, I'm going to go. Hang on one more thing. The Chargers are like to me. The Chargers may be the Tennessee Titans of this year. They very well could be. If Herbert is the continued starter and they he can be more of a game manager, not turn the ball over, they have backs that can run the ball and they play really good defense. So they could really surprise a lot of people. They could, yep. And, you know, and their coach might be a little bit on the hot seat too, so he might have a little added pressure to him to, uh, for them to play good. Yeah. Uh, for me, I have I'm going to pick the the NFC West. Uh, you have three teams that are two and zero right now: the Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks. And then yeah. you know 49ers, which are your, was in a Super Bowl last year, is one and one right now. So that division looks pretty stout so far. We don't know if it'll continue all year, but it'll be looking good to see them uh, play each other through the season because I think all the teams have a lot of talent. And uh, we fight for playoffs, and that you know you you have an extra team, a wild card team this year. But what's the odds that the entire division makes the playoffs? Yeah, any one of those games could go either way. You know, every time they play. For sure. Well, that's all we have this week. Thank you for joining us for a discussion of week two. We'll be back next week, hopefully with our our buddy Wayne, and we'll discuss week three of the NFL season. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. And I just want to say, this is John, goodbye, and Wayne is a fucking moron. <laughs>